And we are back. Welcome to the Rack Show, ladies and gentlemen. I am Frank Werath. I'm one of your hosts to the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show. Join with me in studio is Mr. Tim Kelly. Tim, how are you doing today? Doing wonderful, man. Fantastic. We are also joined by Zach Cox. Zach's an instructor with Apache Solutions. Hello, Zach. How's it going, guys? Fantastic. Good, good, good. Hey, uh, so we have an awesome show planned out for everybody. Before we uh, proceed anymore, I was, I was reminded over the past week that uh, I, I need to introduce what the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show is, right? So what we're all about. So the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show is designed uh, to uh, introduce the Responsibly Armed Citizen, right? That is you, a listener, um, to the the things that a responsibly armed citizen should know. Um, everything from um, yeah, the uh, gear to um, training to uh, just uh, just common pitfalls, right? The law. Uh, there's just there's just so many things that like uh, the responsibly armed citizen should know when it, uh, when it revolves around you know self defense and uh, the world thereof. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about training. We're going to talk about you know different classes. We're, um, we're going to talk about maybe some specific classes. You know, there's 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 quite a bit that uh, is out there. So, uh, quality classes. What does it look like, uh, or what does a quality training class looks like? And does it have to only deal with firearms? No, no. Um, a quality training class is just depending on what you're looking for, right? Um, I, I think, I I I think. One thing I need to point out with the rack show is is this is this is a little bit different. Just much like our business in Apache is, it's much different. Our mission here is to educate the armed society. Right, uh, right now we have um, um, we have a, a really low bar in terms of education regarding firearms. The more common one is just go out and take a concealed carry class, and people consider themselves to be trained. Right, like with the ED attached at the end of it, it's they're you know, as Zach pointed out uh, last week in in, uh, in the last show, it, there is no end to this. This is a you know th- this is a lifelong journey of education and learning, and um, in, you know w- we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard, especially with with what we have going on in uh, in our society right now with the tax on Second Amendment and that type of thing. You know, we, we've really got to hold ourselves to a higher standard. And so seeking out quality training and getting the proper education is very, very important. If you know what you're looking for, um, let's say let's say you're looking for a, a concealed carry class, right? Yep. Uh, a concealed carry class is necessary. We talked about that in a couple of shows back um, to educate you on the laws that govern deadly force, essentially when to use your firearm, right? That's right. what it's that's what it's there for, not the you know how to use your firearm. Not the how right. to, right. That's not its purpose anyway. Right, right. So if you're seeking out a good concealed carry class, um, a, a lot of people would would say, oh, well, I got taught by this guy who is a you know retired law enforcement officer and he's been deeply involved in, in law enforcement, the law enforcement community for, you know, 20 or 30 years. He was a patrol deputy. He, you know, did this, did that. Yeah. Okay. That's great. You know, don't get me wrong. Um, there's, there's a lot of experience there. I'm sure that he would have to offer, he or she would have to offer, uh, but that's not the end all be all. Right. Right. Uh, having some type of background in the law, other than I went and took a you know a, a class on this that was state mandated, right. 
look for look for above and beyond. Right. Look, look for the, the person who who is studied under Masad Ayub, yep. or the person that studied under Andrew Branca. Yep. Um, look look for people who know those names, instructors who know those names. If if, if you don't know those names, you should you should take a look at those two. Yeah. Um, and, and there are several others to to, to consider, but. Um, Look for people who have gone above and beyond. Don't just settle for the cheap class. I mean, that that seems to be a common place. Is is I can't tell you how many phone calls we get. Uh, you know, it's like how much does your concealed carry class cost? Okay, thanks, bye. Yep. They're shopping, man. They're just shopping for the cheapest concealed carry class around. And I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna get what you pay for. Yeah. You know, um, don't don't settle for the guy who's just selling certificates out of the trunk of his car. Right. Um, I understand that uh, it, this is often viewed, concealed carry classes are often viewed as a check in the box. But don't have that mentality. Like I said before, we need to, we, we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with that. You know, and like you said, you know, there, there's a number of, you know, quality uh, instructors that are out there. You know, concealed carry is a check in a box, but there's a lot of things that, you know, it doesn't always have to revolve around firearms. What is something that I'm deficient in and who can I go to help? resolve some of that deficiency um you know i really tend to gravitate around you know range master instructors like there's a lot of quality range master instructors that are out there who in in some way or fashion have been embedded in the knowledge that they possess um look at the ones who are you know uh, invited to tack on invited to teach at tack on every single one of those instructors has some sort of background somewhere that has, uh, or they have been vetted, per, you know, personally by Tom Givens, that uh, says, "Hey, these people know what they're talking about. They're teaching right. Go seek classes from these people." Right. Um, so the, the range master community, what makes it, you know, so special is there are community of people who are in the know. Right. Right. They they may not have the, you know, the skill set down a hundred percent and they're all a bunch of USPSA grandmasters and IDPA grandmasters or, you know, world champion shooters or anything like that, but they are in the know. They know the direction to point you to. Um, they, they know that there is more out there than just a, Hey, go pick up a gun, stick it in my britches and carry it around. Right. They know there's more to it. Yeah, something that I've I've really uh, I've really appreciated about that community in general, or just specifically, is that you know if if they're not afraid to say that they don't know. Right. So I've I've communicated with other instructors. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about this. This is what I'm you know wanting to do, or this is what I'm you know I have a deficiency here, and uh, you know the instructor I may be talking to will be like, yeah, that's not me. But you can go talk to such and such, and they're they're you know they know of somebody, or they are the authority on this particular topic. I'm like, all right, well, awesome, thank yeah. you. You you just you. Say me some time they they didn't blow any smoke anywhere where it didn't belong um so yeah that's just uh, absolutely fantastic you know there are um there are other things to look at right so look at like again uh, we had talked uh, last class about you know vetting that instructor vetting and you know, things that you can do as far as you know looking things up online you know really look at you know um what other people reviews on the class look at what other people have said about the class if you know of somebody that um, has personally taken class, you know, that will go a long way as far as, you know, the likelihood that I'm going to be, a, you know, uh, going in and taking presence at the class or taking class myself. You know, me, like I said, even though I, uh, I'm an instructor with Apache, I am a forever student. Like I am constantly going out and I'm constantly taking classes. Um, this year may be the slowest year I've ever had, you know, doing, doing any kind of, you know, regular, um, you know, training classes, but it does mean that it's zero. It just means that, you know, that, you know, life, but you know, prior to that, there's, I mean, you're talking hours and hours and hours and hours of, you know, taking classes from, you know, various vetted instructors 
for various different skill sets, right? But all of them revolve around my common goal, right? What is my goal? My goal is to be able to, you know, defend my family and stop a threat. God forbid I ever had to. Not that I want to, but I want to be able to at least have my head up and see, identify what's happening around me and be able to respond to that. And it's not always gunslinging. I, I keep bringing that back. But, you know, how important is med in your family? What's more likely to happen? Am I going to roll up on a car accident? Or, excuse me, Tim, I'm going to ask you this. What's more likely to happen? Are you going to roll up on a car accident? Or uh, are you going to have to stop a threat? You're you're most likely going to roll up on a car accident. I mean, think about the number of car accidents that you've driven past in the last month. Zach and I just drove past one uh, a couple weeks ago or a week ago um, of a tractor trailer that had turned over and blocked all of like 77 northbound, yeah. like all of them. So shoes shut down, all of Statesville shut down. It's probably backed up all the way to Charlotte. You know, um, th- those are things that you should be, you know, tr- trying to prepare for um, and and be equipped to take care of certain things, like yeah. if somebody's hurt or something like that. You know, something else I'm really fond of is, you know, you know like I said, those other things, that communications is a big thing, yep. you know, learning about ham radio, whatever it may be. But, you know, there's, there's a lot, whatever you're interested in, there's a class out there for you. And welcome back to the Rack Show. <laughs> well, we're talking about uh, all things that uh, the responsible armed citizens should know uh, when it comes to you know, uh, taking classes, right? Taking professional classes, seeking more training. Um, so my question is this. So I've decided on taking a class, right? I've gone through, I've vetted the instructor online. I've seen, read reviews. I've talked to somebody that may, uh, may have taken a class, right? I've gone all things. I've decided that I'm going to take this class. What am I to expect? Um, talk about, you know, a little bit about, uh, you know, what, what should I do when I go to class? What, uh, maybe, um, you know, how do I act at that class? Um, what do you think, Tim? How, how should you, uh, what should you expect when attending a class for the first time? Um, I mean, I think you should expect a professional setting of some sort, you know, and I'm not saying it's got to be held in, you know, this Taj Mahal style classroom or right. the best, you know, range in the world, but you should see some type of professional image like they, they have the instructor or the staff there has, has gone the extra mile to at least make it look and presentable and halfway, halfway decent. Um, the, uh, the, the, the trainer needs to have some type of, uh, curriculum and, and structure to, to what they're teaching and less, uh, less of the, you know, just the off the, you know, off the cuff, hip pocket style. Hey, hey now we're th- doing this. Here's everything yeah. that I've learned for the past 38 years, you right. know, <laughs> like, and just throw it all at them. It's got to have some type of structure. It's got to have some type of purpose. So, you know, um, you, I guess you could start with like the title of the class. You know, um, Zach's got a uh, shotgun manipulations class tomorrow, yeah. right? So if... If I were to take Zach's shotgun manipulations class, I would assume just from the title that I'm going to learn how to manipulate a shotgun. Right. Right. And I'd go into the description of the of the class and say, okay, this is what all they've got lined out for the day. And then when I get to the class, I would expect to hear some type of brief like summary of what we're about to learn, some I guess learning objectives and mm-hmm. that type of thing, right? That's what I would be expecting when I get to a class. You should also expect like safety. Um, 100%. That, that's the biggest that's exactly thing. What I was going to write on that. Yeah. Safety is the biggest thing. If and that's you've already vetted your instructors. You you know all this stuff, and you have talked to people and 
and everything else in between. But whenever you get to the class, you should expect safety. Yeah. You should expect a an emergency procedure if in case of an incident or an accident, and also safety in are they actually teaching us to be safe during this class, no matter what it kind of firearm class it is. Um, some of the other ones is depending on a lot of different instructors, it could be environment, facilities, comfort items. Um, if it's classroom, yeah, it might be better that you're doing it inside with AC, but sometimes it's outside and it's hot. And so there's a lot to expect in different classes, but you can always communicate with the instructor and email them and talk to them. Yeah. And that's, that's a big piece of it, right? Is the communication. If, if on the class list, they send you, they send you all the information about, you know, this is what to expect with the class. I need you to bring, you know, X amount of ammo. This is how I need you to bring the, you know, the, your firearm to class, et cetera. All right. They break everything down your gear list. Um, for, you know, and from there, if you still have a question about something, as far as what you're, what you are supposed to bring, then that's the time to speak up. Be like, okay, shoot a quick email. Give them a quick call. Um, say, hey, uh, what about this? Or I have a problem with something that you said in your gear list. Uh, I want I want to know more about that. So for example, um, uh, again, I'm going to open up a little can of worms here, I'm sure. But you now with our concealed carry classes, one of the things that, that we do not allow uh, for qualification in a concealed carry class is somebody bringing a rim-fired Handgun, oh right? God! You just broke the internet. Oh, I know, right? No, the internet's <laughs> going to break. Well, we don't, and, and but there's reasonings for that, right? So uh, again, go back a couple of episodes. You'll listen to your whole argument about we're in fire, and uh, we're, we're not going to get into that here. But more often than not, that will that causes pause. You know, a student will receive that, or they didn't read the uh, the uh, course description all the way through. They didn't. They missed that, or whatever it may be. So the call to say, hey, why? I'm glad you called and you just didn't show up with your room fire, you know, handgun. Um, and I have, but again, I've had other classes where that student did still showed up with their, you know, room fired handgun. And I've had to go to them and say, Hey, look, I, I understand this firearm that you brought today. I see that. Um, I cannot let you, you know, use that today. And it goes one of two ways. I'm either giving them a refund or, you know, we're, we're pivoting, you know, they're, right. they're allowing us to pivot, which is fine. So I want to say this, you know, be flexible, um, don't, don't be flexible with your safety, right? Don't be flexible with security. Be very rigid on that. If you see something, say something, but be flexible as far as, okay, well, we're, the bottom just fell out of the sky. It is just raining hard, or it is like very hot out here. There's a lot of sun, right? There's, there's people that, you know, we potentially need to, you know, back things off a little bit just so that we can get out, you know, get in the shade or something like that. Um, don't be so rigid in saying, this is, you know, this is my goal. This is what has to happen. We have to do that, 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 that. Be flexible as far as, you know, letting the instructor be a little bit fluid with how they are deciding to run that class. Um, you know, I find with a lot of a lot of new folks who are just getting into training, um, you see it written all over the, the, the face of the person who's just coming into class for the first time, you know. And a lot of them seem to view the instructor as like the boss, right? Right. Like this is the person that's leading the class. I'm supposed to do what I'm told and and that's it, right? Um, I prefer to use like Phil Groff of Vigor Training. I, I prefer to use his, um, his, his style, which is more of a, I view my students as training partners, Yeah. right? Look, it's no different than, you know, if, if we just went to the range together and we're training together, you know, I, I'm going to listen to you and you're going to listen to me and we're going to have, you know, we're going to have established some type of, um, 
you know, some type of system in place to make sure that we have clear communication and we know what to expect from each other when we get out to the range. It's, it's no different, really. And that's why I try the way I try to teach our students. And I bring that up to try and say that maybe it's difficult for a new person to view themselves as a training partner or view themselves as a peer to the instructor. Um, I, I'm, I know that can be kind of complicated and you're looking to them as a person that's going to be giving you guidance and you're going to have to trust them. I'm giving you permission for all our listeners. I am giving you permission to leave when you have that feeling of I'm unsafe. 100%. You, you have, you have permission. All right. Don't, don't feel like you have to stay there. If as Frank was saying, you know, the bottom's falling out, but the instructor kept you out on the line and he's screaming at you and doing all kinds of stuff. Like you, you have permission, like, don't you don't have to you're a paying student you don't have to be there you're an adult yeah you're an adult <laughs> right right absolutely you don't you don't need to be there if they don't establish an emergency plan they say all right what we're going to do is operate under big boy rules no leave no just leave yeah. it's yeah, it's, it's okay class and, or 500 dollar class is and, it worth and don't possibly s- my life because of lightning or something yeah it's, or, yeah, or another student's yeah, negligence. Like, exactly. I'm just not, yeah, that's, yeah, it, it's not going to happen. So important. 100%. You know, if, uh, if a class isn't, st- if you, if it is a, a, a shooting class, right, a class where you're manipulating firearms, um, and there's not an, a very distinct safety brief, stop, speak up, say yeah. something. And if that safety brief doesn't happen, leave. Yeah. I mean, no. just, you know, get your money back and roll on or, or, or it's not, having a plan. Know. It's preparing for, the instructor should prepare and plan for their students, uh, should prepare and plan for having bathrooms available, depending on the class. Like if I, I farm and have a farming company and everything like that and have a cattle farm, if I were teaching people canning, how to can uh, green beans, okay, I should have a plan on having the green beans, having the cans, but what if I had a bonfire so next to a propane tank and <laughs> right. like i mean speak up or right. leave if you need to it's it's yeah. it's safety is is the most biggest priority yeah 100 percent. you know something else that um I, I i have seen in classes that i've taken is um you know there's certain amount of student professionalism mm-hmm. and there's certain amount of student conduct and then there should be you know the instructor professionalism right um you know as a student you should be there willing to learn you need to have an an, an open attitude um or you need to come you know with that attitude you need to be you know ready to learn um you know come with those questions and ask but at the same time nothing is more of a turnoff than having an instructor you know f-bombing this and f-bombing that and just yeah. running their mouth like they're back in the good old days or something like that and it's just not that's not conducive to learning. Um, there's a time and place. I was just I was just about to jump in on that. Let, <laughs> let me just say that it depends on the class. Yeah. Um, as as adults, and especially when you're dealing in the world of violence, um, there's an appropriate time to learn about violent language, when to use it, right. what to expect when hearing it, and to kind of prime yourself um, the best way possible to deal with profane language. Um, profanity absolutely has its place in the self-defense world. But as you said, if the instructor is using it as a verb, you know, like every, you know, he's using it over and over and over again. Um, yeah, I, I get that. That can just be quite the turnoff. Um, but but yeah, it really is. It, it, but if 
it, it is it definitely serves a purpose in the training world, yeah. especially when you're learning about violence. If you can't handle somebody dropping the f bomb in class, and that's that hurts your feelings, that's going to that's going to cause problems for you later on in the future. And it, it adds to that stress inoculation, right? So sure. especially in the South, right? We're in the Bible Belt, and you know you, you have people who are you know the uh, you know oh nobody's going to you know cuss me or nobody's going to say foul foul language to me or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. When it starts to happen, and it's happening, you know, in a training environment where we we can control this, um, that that stress inoculation, right? That 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 stressor, that blood pressure rising, that feeling that you get, you know, because somebody's cussing at you. I mean, that that could be beneficial, right? That that potentially could save your life one day. Well, man, I mean, a, a large part of a large part of dealing with violence is being able to stay in control, and one of the main things that you need to stay in control of is your emotions, right? Right, and if if you have some emotional breakdown because somebody's cussing you out, right, and using violent language, if if you allow your emotions to get attached to that, you're gonna get you're gonna get tunnel vision, right, right? and you're gonna get sucked into why is this guy cussing me, and you know I, I don't understand why. You shouldn't be concerned about that. You should be able to say, yeah, I've heard that before, yep. right? That that's that's fine. You can call me that. Right. I'm watching your hands right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and be focused on what's really important there. Words are not important. These those that language is not that important. It's, that is not what's the th- what the threat is to you. Right. So sorry, I, I feel like I've gone off on a tangent about profanity, but I think it's absolutely imperative that folks understand that there is a time and place for it. And if you're not training yourself to understand violent language, it's a problem. Right. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You know, the 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 biggest thing that that we tend to run into is, you know, people uh, they they don't get what they expect, right? They don't right. expect what, they don't know what's going on, so they they get hit with a bus. Let's uh, let's keep talking about it. And we are back. You're listening to the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show. Uh, we are talking about classes. We're talking about going and taking classes. We're talking about you know how we should act in classes. You know something else that you know often goes, uh, you know, I guess, uh, underestimated are all of those other things that you're supposed to bring to a class that you weren't told to bring to a class that you probably should have brought brought to a class. Um, I am the world's. I mean, you ask my friends. I am the world's uh, worst at over preparing or bringing too much stuff. I mean, heck, I went on a roof float uh, several weeks ago, and I literally <laughs> brought a kitchen stove on this thing. Like, yeah. I'm bringing all kinds of extra gear, extra stuff. I'm bringing food for everybody. It's just, it's who I am. Um, but you know, taking it back to a class, what are the things that aren't on that class list that I should bring to a class? I, I know it, it depends on, you know, the, the you know, where the class is going to happen at. But, you know, what are those extra things? What are some things I should be concerned about? So I wrote a few things down, but first I want to say to all the listeners, if everybody's wondering why Frank is laughing when he's reintroducing coming back from a break, it's because I'm making him giggle over the break. And it's just funny because I'm always dancing right when the music starts. and uh, yeah. You can't even hear the music. Anyways. Because <laughs> your um, cowboy hat interferes with your ears. Yes. <laughs> so no, some of the best things that a student can have or bring to a class, uh, Frank kind of touched on it, but attitude. Uh, a good attitude is the most important, not for just you, but for others and for the instructor. If everybody has a good attitude, oh man, it's such a great learning environment. People are having fun, enjoying life, and they have a good attitude. Next one is an open mind. 
having an open mind, uh, whether you have learned this before or not, or whether, all right, this technique t- thing doesn't work that great for me. It may be working perfectly for the rest of the 20 people on the line or in the class, but give it a try. Have a good attitude and try it out. And then on a break or something, ask them, be like, hey, that didn't really work for me. Is there another way? And they, they will definitely help you. Other one, quality gear, uh, comfortable shoes. That's the kind of stuff that so you that, should that really. That can't be uh, underestimated, quality yeah. shoes. So um, I, I, I pick on Tim because, you know, we'll be you know teaching class or something like that. Or Tim will be teaching class. And then in the middle of the day, all of a sudden, Tim just disappears. Like, where are you going, Tim? I got to change my socks. Change your socks, bro. <laughs> if you so, don't change your socks on a lunch break, you're weird. Oh, man. Sorry. I started doing it. It is life changing. It's refreshing. You come back with a good attitude because you're like, oh, you're just refreshed. I'm not doing that. I you mean, should y- try it, y'all bro. Be, I'm no, if I, as soon as I take my shoes off, y'all going to be passing anyway, and we don't need that. <laughs> yeah. But so, so, so Tim changes his socks. Um, you know, the thing of those creature comforts, right? That's something that, again, is, is vastly over, uh, overlooked. Um, I, re- I very distinctly remember early on, my, you know, my, my training journey, um, you know, I would literally go by the book okay, as far as, okay, I was told to bring this stuff. I was told to bring X amount of, uh, you know, rounds of ammo. I have exactly X amount of rounds of ammo. I was told to bring X amount of magazines. 3,000 more have... X amount of rounds of ammo in your car. <laughs> yeah. I have X amount of magazines, then I need to bring X amount of magazines. And then as you, as you learn through the class, um, or as you learn through experience, you know, those, those, um, uh, lists that those instructors give you, those are the minimums. Yeah. Those are, you minimally need to have this. You minimally need to have, we'll say, three magazines. Bringing, bringing six, 20, or you know, plus mags yeah. is, is great. Bring it. The more that you bring as far to, 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 to a point, right? There, you can always overdo it. You can overdo anything. But to a point, the more that you have ready to go, the more they have the magazines already stuffed, loaded, whatever it may be, and the more you know, extra ammo that, that you have with you, the, the more the, the better the potential that you're going to get more reps in, more training in. You're not going to have to go down to the line and stuff mags like everybody else. You can sit back and you can talk to an instructor. You can talk to, you know, your peers. You can, you know, you don't have to stress yourself out doing all, all this extra stuff. Um, having extra gear, you know, especially in self-defense classes like our uh, everyday carrier AEDC, and those type of classes will stress your gear. Mm-hmm. So if it's going to break, it's probably going to break in one of those classes. Yeah. Um, so you need to have a backup just in case something breaks. You don't need to call it quits for the day because, well, I don't have a holster now. Well, no, you, you, you should have an idea. You need to have some sort of backup. So I got kind of a – sorry. I've got kind of like a rule of thumb, man. Anytime I ever go to take a class, I, I, I try not to expect of the host or the instructor to make sure that I'm fed to make sure that I'm hydrated right. and to make sure that I'm comfortable as far as like having seating space. So I bring a camping chair. Yep. I bring water, Gatorade, liquid IVs, whatever it might be. Um, and I bring gummies. If yeah. you don't, if you don't bring gummy bears to a class, like you kind of, kind of, you're, again, you're kind of weird. Snacks I want my spare socks. Sometimes they're in the same location. But <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, make make sure you bring some snacks. Uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to learn effectively when you're sitting there and your belly's grumbling and everything. Like God, I just want him to shut up. Right. Man, bring a Snickers bar or something like that, and, and you know ha- have something to kind of 
tie you off until lunch. That's why um, I always bring you Reese's. And bring water. <laughs> bring. I can't tell you how many times I've seen students show up to a class and they don't bring water. Yeah, loads bring, of water. You should be walking around with a water bottle anyway. Like, yep. bring water. Um, you, you've got to stay hydrated. Yeah, water, water and salt, right? So yeah. some sort of electrolyte, some sort of salt, something like that. Um, Trail mix or something. Dill uh, pickles. I'm well. I'm big. My I'm big on bringing uh, like beef jerky. That's yeah. that's, that's kind of my too. go-to. I really enjoy you know beef jerky. It's easy. You know, throw it in your mouth helps. You know, with, with you know a little bit of salivation and everything. I, I want some beef jerky now. Yeah, um, I do too. <laughs> but, <laughs> right now I'm hungry. But um, as far as uh, you know, again, so those are all those are all things. But keep in mind, right? So we're we're talking about you know food. Right, we've kind of transitioned to food. Um, keep in mind, you you are dealing with firearms here, and, and presumably you've been you know, shooting some quite some time before lunch, or say. Um, so think about lead, right? Think about that lead contamination. Um, those are, you know, it's very easy for you, especially if you've you know, been training pretty regularly, to be like, ah, oh, it'll be all right. Uh, yeah, how, you, how are your lead levels, yeah. Frank? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Until, until, until you pop some high lead levels and you're like, yeah. oh, well, I, that boat too. I felt stupider for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, these, these are all things, again, you should consider, you should consider, you know, cleaning up, getting some lead wipes, getting some sort of. Um, you know, washing with uh, cold soap and water, something to help remove that those particulates from you, you know, before you consume, before you touch your face, before you do anything like that. Um, uh, same thing with after the class is over, right? So after the class is, is over, after you've gone home from the class, what are you going to do with those clothing? Because your, your clothes will be contaminated some with, with lead. It's nothing that, you know, soap and water will take it out. It's fine. Throwing it through the washing machine is okay. But you should probably, if you have small children at home, you should refrain from hugging them. You should refrain yeah. from touching them. Sure. And that is the hardest thing for me as a parent to do. So when I come home from a class, like the shotgun class, we'll say, you know, um, <clears throat> several weeks ago, um, I got home from that class and Max comes running out, daddy, daddy, daddy. I'm like, no, no. Hand, <laughs> you know, hand of God, palm to forehead, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Stiff arm. I, I love you, but. Let, let me go shower first. Because kids are so susceptible to the lead and yeah, metals like that. And right. it affects them way worse than it affects it does. adults. Yeah. Yep. And it's but, lifelong. So, yeah. again, you have to be conscious of that. It's something right. that you have to be, be aware of. I'm taking it back to the range, guys. Uh, I'm, most this day and age, everybody's got Amazon Prime. Um, check out on Amazon, lead off. Just type in yeah. lead wipes. Scroll down. It's one of the first things that you see. And uh, they have a, a couple of different types, but I mean, it's so easy to toss one of these into your range bag. Um, it removes lead from your skin. So you could just use that before you decide yep. to buy it into your Snickers bar or something. And, and you know, it's got a, a whole bunch of wipes in it and it costs you $12. Toss it into, um, toss it in your range kit. Uh, the other ones are D-wipe towels. Um, again, 12 bucks. And Hops actually makes a lead be gone mm -hmm. Uh, cleaning wipes for 10 bucks. So, I mean, for less than $15, then you can just stock your range bag up with, you know, some, some wipes. And I think those are, those are really good things to keep one with you on the range. Yeah. So, uh, again, uh, we had talked about, you know, that list of, of gear that you bring, it's the minimum. Um, I like having some place where I can put my, you know, used gear versus my uh, not used gear yet. So if I bring magazines that are already stuffed with ammunition or something like that, then I have another bag or box I can throw those uh, those spent 
ammunition, or excuse me, not spent ammunition, those spent uh, magazines in, um, so that I'm not having to, you know, constantly dig through, okay, I need this here, or, you know, I have a nice, neat, organized way of being able to, to access, you know, the gear that I need. Um, especially if you, you know, start doing this pretty regularly, um, you know, you, you'll, you'll pick up some tips and tricks, but, uh, like some sort of range bag, like having a dedicated bag that you use just for training, um, it is, is a great idea. Um, it, it can be cumbersome trying to move in and out of, we'll say like a book bag or cumbersome in and out of a, a purse or a duffel bag or something like that. If you also use that purse or duffel bag or book bag for other activities, for other things, not to mention, like I said, we have that lead contamination issue again. How often do you throw a book bag inside of the dishwasher? Dishwasher. How often do you side? Never. Yeah. How often do you throw it? Yeah. <laughs> a book bag inside of a washing machine or something like that. Yeah, the, the, all things to consider. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, speaking of like the range bags and stuff, um, if it's a pistol class or something, uh, one of the things that I like to do is, is have separate little like pouches for my backup gun. Mm -hmm. So if I, if I have my primary carry gun or whatever that I'm using, or the primary gun that I'm using in the class goes down for, for some reason, I have another one as a backup. And generally, when you go to a professional range environment, they will have an area where you can change out gear. Mm -hmm. you, don't, you shouldn't be doing that like in a staging area with everybody else around. So there should be a designated area for that. And if that's the case and you actually happen to be training at a professional environment, then it would be much easier to grab that little pouch rather than pick up your entire range bag, mm -hmm. take it all the way over there. You know, uh, so having those little individual pouches are great. Uh, and same way with ammo and magazines. Um, uh, companies like GPS, Save Your Equipment, they have those already set up. The the uh, other thing that that um, I, I would bring is uh, like sunscreen, right? Yes. Sunscreen, yeah. hand chalk, things that, that creature cumbers, lip balm. And here's the thing. With all that stuff, stick them in Ziploc bags. Yeah. Yeah, um, so they don't get everywhere. They don't open. get everywhere. Even extra oil doesn't go all over your 100%. stuff. 100%. I've been in classes but. before, again, or earlier on where I didn't do the Ziploc bag thing. And then as I was sticking, you know, pulling stuff out of my bag, I'm like, why is everything so gross? Oh, oh, no. I hate when that happens. <laughs> and it just explodes in my bag. A couple other little things. Uh, clothing. If it's going to be cold, wear layers. Yeah. Uh, if it's going to be hot, bring an umbrella. Like you said, sunscreen. Bring an umbrella. Um, even one of those little shade tents, something like that. But layers when it's hot really help uh, or when it's cold really help because you can put more on or off things like that hand warmers uh, just think like how can i be more comfortable in a training environment at a class and bring it worst case you keep it in your car right. but the best part about that is a comfortable training environment breeds so much room or has so much room for learning when you are actually comfortable so yep. Yeah, again, something else, uh, you know, dr dress and uh, be safe. You want to make sure your clothing is safe, uh, safe things on the range, clothes, those shoes, no things like flops. that. No flip-flops, yep. <laughs> let's, uh, let's continue the conversation. And we are back. Welcome back to The Rack Show, where we talk about everything regarding the responsibly armed citizen. My name is Tim Kelly, and with me I have Frank Horvath and Zach Cox, and we have been talking about what to expect when attending a class or what quality classes look like. We've talked about 
everything from uh, quality training, um, signing up for it. Um, is it always about guns or, you know, what other classes should you be taking? What to expect? Some class conduct and professionalism. Uh, we've talked about all kinds of different stuff. So now we're, we're on our last segment and we want to talk a little bit about what our last segment was about, which was, you know, what needs, what do you bring to a class? Like what are, what are some of the things? Uh, I just kind of want to wrap that up and, um, and, and talk about anything else that we just haven't mentioned before. We talked about everything from sunscreen, clothing, uh, chairs, hydration, um, uh, extra gear, food, extra gear, stuff, yeah. you know, how to pack that extra gear, uh, that type of thing. And about the, the generally the, uh, the, the list of stuff to bring that the instructor will put out is a bare minimum. Like mm-hmm. this is just, just bring more than that. Yep. But if it accounts for 500, you know, don't just bring 500, right? Bring 750, you know, yeah. something along those lines. Bring at least an extra 100 rounds or so, just in case, you know. Um, yeah, what else? What else? What else? It's, um, I think, I want to circle back to the the attitude thing. Um, that it really is the most important part. Um, have fun. Uh, go into it, not trying to... Uh, vet your instructor because you should have already done that. Yeah. Go into it having fun. Enjoy the day. Like, what would I rather be doing? Working in a cubicle or or doing some job, mowing the grass, which I used to do a lot because <laughs> I own a landscape company. Um, would I rather be doing that or taking a class? And I would much rather be taking a class. It's just fun. Enjoy it. So the attitude thing is still so important to me. Um, but I would say the last thing for me is people don't know what they don't know. Um, ask questions. It's the most important thing about classes is learning and getting yeah. to figure out how to learn it better and how you learn and all this stuff. Ask before, ask during, ask after. We yeah. would love it. A- ask before that. That is that's definitely a, that's a really good point, Zach. One of the things that that people get misunderstand is is they think that they're going to bother us when they send us an email saying, "Hey, this is my first class. I don't really know what I is, is it okay if I bring this or or should I wear this or what should I do here? What do you think about this? Ask the questions. Yeah. Ask the this it's literally us. that is that is our job, right? right? Yep. So I, I'm I love it. I would rather you. Shoot us an email and say, hey, is this acceptable or should I have this or should I look at this? What do you think about that? I'd rather have that then where I can help you better prepare for the class so you're not distracted by, you know, some a mistake or something like that yeah. you might make. If, if you're able to shoot, shoot an email, if you're able to communicate with the instructor um, and the instructor okays or whatever, right, they give you some sort of feedback, what is that going to do to, you know, you as a student coming to that class? That's going to help you with your confidence. Yeah. Right? So if you can come and you have some confidence, you're not having to stress over some of the you know, piddly stuff over, you know, what gear to bring and right. things like that, then you can focus better on what you're what your goal is, right? right? My goal is to you know come to this class and learn about something, right? Whatever it is. So if you don't have to worry about all that other extra stuff, then do that. 
um, then you know then you can focus more more on the class. Well, and we got a, a friend of ours, Cecil Birch. Yeah. This, this is another really good example. Cecil Birch is uh, he owns a company called Immediate Action Combatives, and he and he teaches in like an extremist close quarter style mm-hmm. type stuff. And so when you see his like photos and read his description, you hear a lot of jujitsu minded talk and like dealing managing unknown contacts and stuff. It sounds a little intimidating. Right. When you talk to Cecil and you hear him talk about the people, the type of people that take his class, it it would it's astounding, man. It really is. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's got eighty year old students in his class that are leaving uninjured, cool. you know. But people will look at that and say, "Grappling? Oh man, I can't afford to get hurt." You know, that Cecil is a professional, and if you reach out to him before, I promise you, I promise you, he, he'll put your you know heart at ease. And help you understand that, you know, you're not going to leave that class beaten up and broken. Right. You know, so when you're looking at different classes and, and you have questions on them, reach out to the instructor and they can answer your questions for you. Yeah. The, the only other thing that I'll add, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave this out because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can talk about this all day. Leave your cell phone at home. <laughs> not quite, but 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 no, seriously. Yeah. Unless you're tasked with with a specific role with your phone, right? Unless you are, you know, calling, you know, nine one or something like that. Just just put it on vibrate. You know, put it put it on. You know, leave it in your gear bag. Just don't 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 mess with it. At least don't sometimes though, people Facebook. use their phones for taking notes, which I do a lot. But I normally go up to the instructor beforehand and say, "Hey, listen, I'm going to be taking notes." I'm not texting the, my mom or my dog or whatever. There's <laughs> nothing more distracting to an instructor than somebody messing with their phone, yeah, fidgeting. Yeah, now, if you're taking pictures or something like that, cool, right? Yeah. But if you're sitting there and you're you're just checked out and you're texting yeah. or you're not there, man, just go, go handle your business and then come back when you're ready. Yeah, why would you pay an instructor yeah. money just so you can sit there and scroll on Facebook? Right. That just baffles me, man. It blows it, my mind. It, yeah, I've, I've seen it countless time, time, time and time again. But it, anywho, I digress. All right, Compsy of the Month. Tim, All right. what is our Compsy of the cool. Month? Cool. So Compsy of the Month, let's talk about what that is, actually. So Compsy of the Month originally started out as a, um, as a way to, to, to build competence uh, within our own cadre. So we would task out a different uh, a different subject every month to challenge the individual's um, uh, level of education on the subject. And if they didn't know about the subject, then they would go out, research it, get to know it better, and then present on it. And so that's essentially what we refer to as a comp of the month. Now, since we've started this rack show, uh, we wanted to you know, have this conversation with our listeners and, and include it here. So our competency of the month for the month of September is functions of a cartridge, shell, and the phases of ballistics. And we can go into whatever kind of detail we want. Frank, I'm interested in the reloading aspects, and I think you're the man to talk to on this. Giddy up. I love me some reloading. All right, man, go for it. <laughs> All right. So um, yeah, fortunately, we have Zach in the house with us, who is a, a novice reloader. Um, just now, he quite literally bought the stuff, but hasn't set anything up yet. So um, I, I'm, I'm passionate about reloading, really enjoy it, um, have several different types of uh, uh, reloading machines. I've reloaded several different types of cartridges and things like that, really, really, really got into it. So long story short, um, there's, there's a few must-haves, and then everything else is extra, right? So as far as reloading... You must have a, to, to start, you must have a good reference. You need to have some sort of reloading book. You need to have some sort of um, uh, article saying that, you know, 
this is how this is your this is how much of a particular you know, powder that you need. This is how much of a particular uh, bullet weight that you need for your you know, specific cartridge. You need to have some sort of reference that helps guide you in the direction of making a successful it's cartridge. It's like a book right? of recipes. It's 100% yeah. like a book of recipes. Or um, the Bible. No, nah, I wouldn't go that far. Reloading Bible? <laughs> wouldn't go that I've far. I've seen a reloading Bible. But, I but, did say that. So, but, but some way that, that's going to help you starting off so that you're safe. Um, you know, reloading, can, you know, your own cartridges can go, you know, one or shot shells can go one of two ways. You can do it awesomely or you can do it very badly. And either or, if you do it very badly, it, it, it can uh, damage you or it can damage your gun. Um, so, you know, more importantly, you know, we hear stories about people saying, oh, you know, my uncle such and such is a reloader. Nah, he had a fifth of night that, you know, he reloaded these for me. Uh, you might want to back off. You might want to be hesitant, um, you know, using those cartridges because it, it, it potentially can be catastrophic, right? You, you want to be safe. Um, you know, so, so going back, going back to Zach, Zach, as a novice reloader, right? As somebody who's just now starting into it, what are the questions that you have? Uh, as as far as reloading, yes, <laughs> yes. All, all of them, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> okay, here's my here's my first one. Uh, so I bought a rock chucker. Is yep. that what it's called? RCBS okay. rock chucker. Now what? <laughs> right. What else do I need? Which we had talked before. He said, okay, I needed to buy the the dyes. Yeah, uh, right. I have no idea. I guess the first so, thing I've already answered one of my questions. I need to learn some terminology. All right, so I'm going to yeah. do some research online. But since I've been doing some research, okay, now what? All right. So it would be best practice to find a class, right? Find somewhere, find find a mentor, somebody that you can get together with and can go step by step with you and say, all right, you have your, you have your press. Awesome. Let's mount your press. All right. You have a sturdy table that your press is mounted. Awesome. What cartridge are you going, are you planning on reloading? Fantastic. We have the cartridge that you plan on reloading. Now let's pick up the dies. Let's pick up the components for that cartridge. And then really start baby stepping through it. Um, so the, the, the best way that a, a novice reloader can re- like really start get going without being um, like disheartened that, or, or question whether they're doing something right or not is to literally go step by step with somebody who's done it before. So, okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to purchase a set of dies. They don't have to be the most expensive dies out there. This is your very first press, right? So just some hardened steel dies are perfectly fine. You Do you recommend like three, four, five dies if I wanted to do all of them or just start with one it, for that, now? No, so, so you're going to need um, you're, you're gonna need a set of dies. So you know, somewhere around two, uh, two to three dies, two to four dies, we'll say. Okay. It depends on the cartridge. Um, depends on what, you, what you're doing. But um, every die has a particular job for reshaping this case or for seating the projectile or, you know, there's, there's certain things that um, the, each, each die does when you're going through it and, and working on reloading these cartridges. Now, once you've gone through the process of, okay, learning, like I said, the nomenclature, going through your, your book as far as learning how much, you know, powder and what the case height needs to be and what, you know, how, you know, how deep the projectile needs to be seated and like with whole nine yards, right? There's, there's a lot of math and a lot of little things into it. Eventually, you'll have to get to the point where going, all right, I am ready. I am confident in this cartridge. I'm going to shoot this cartridge out of an actual firearm. <laughs> and that that is the that's the biggest part where you're like I don't know if this is right. We're gonna find out right now. But it's also rewarding a bit. It is so rewarding. Yeah. It is being able to tailor a cartridge 
to your particular firearm and have it perform the way that you want it to perform, there is there's very few things that are as rewarding as having something actually function the way that you expect it to function, the way that you've designed it to function. So I have one last question, Master Frank. May I be your Padawan <laughs> and you teach me the art of reloading? You should, you should have a class on What do you think, viewers? I, I, I'm, I'm thinking Listen, so, yeah. We we'll, should do a class. We'll do a class. I'll tell you what, we, uh, we'll talk about that more on the next show. Let's do that. Let's talk a little bit more about it later on the next show. Thank you, guys.